0: And as you listen, I pray that you are encouraged and that you would be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus Christ as we behold him in his glory. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is clear, that it is inspired by you. And what that means is that it comes from you. These are the very words of God. And so, Lord, keep us from a, A prideful heart that hears your law and and closes our heart to it. Uh, A prideful heart that thinks that we have it all figured out. A prideful heart that thinks, I am good enough to earn my way to heaven. A prideful heart that says, I think I know better than God. Lord, keep us from that. Open up our hearts that we may know you. That we may see the truth and love the truth and promote the truth. That we may see... Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and life. May you give life to these students and maybe even tonight in about 30 minutes, may you bring some students to their knees trusting in you, repenting of their sin. Give them salvation, God. There are some here that will die and they will go to hell if they don't repent and believe in Jesus Christ. So God, this message that I have from you Um, To them, may you help them to hear and to listen and help me as I preach it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that true? Is there a person, this is a hypothetical, it's not meant for you to discuss with your friends, but to think about. Is there a person on this planet that is really able not to be affected by words? In our country, we value free speech. It's great. It's a God-given right. It is needed for a healthy society. But does that give us the right to say whatever we want, whenever we want, and however we want? Proverbs eighteen seven says, A fool's mouth is his ruin. And it's not talking about bad breath. <laughs> a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. And it's not talking about fever blisters on your lips, either. It's talking about your words. Verse 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. In other words, with your words, you can either spread death or life. You can give death to someone, you can kill them with your words, or you could give life. Friends, God cares deeply about our words. In fact, Jesus says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words display are a window into our hearts. If I want to know the nature of your heart, all I have to do is listen to your words. God cares deeply about words aligning with the truth. Being made in the image of God means that we were made to promote the character of God. And guess what? God's essential attribute, one of them, is that he is truth. He is truth. He speaks truth. And he is truth. He is the source of truth, but he is truth. And God is also wisdom. And knows that truth-telling is honesty and found is foundational to a society if people in society cannot trust their neighbors or if words do not have weight then society ceases to function think about how much we do that is dependent on the truth every transaction you make when you go to the store is deter- is based on a trust that what you are receiving is a re- not the fake thing right And you're not getting swindled. Every court case is dependent on telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? Our elected officials are elected because of what they say that they will do. Your parents' words, I love you, mean a lot, right? Everything is built on words, which are truthful words. Your friends and life groups are founded on truth. If it were founded on lies, that would be destructive. Think about it. If we couldn't trust anyone, I mean, absolutely no trust in anyone or anything, how could we live? You'd be a hermit. You you would have your house. You would never leave it. You couldn't watch the news because everything's a lie. Pretty close to what's already happening. You can't trust anything. You would... No security, right? You would go crazy. Imagine living in a society where you can't trust anyone. And and this is even becoming a bigger issue now with AI. Has anyone heard of AI? Artificial intelligence? Okay. Right? It's crazy how artificial intelligence can take the voice of someone and you could literally put words, make it sound like someone else, like... People could take my voice and, and make it sound like I'm saying something that I'm not saying. Or a video, deep fake videos, right? There's one that actually happened where an AI created a video of the Pentagon being bombed last week, and the stock market dipped because of it. People thought it was real. We live in the world of increasing where it's hard to tell what is real and what is fake, and what is true and what is false. The truth, knowing the truth, loving the truth, guarding the truth and speaking the truth is absolutely essential, not only to the world, to nations, but for the Christian life. And so here's that's the thesis. A child of God is a child of the truth. And this is what our loving father longs for us to be in the ninth commandment. Let's read it together. Exodus chapter 20. Let's start in verses 1 through 2. The ninth commandment. And God spoke all these words and said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In other words, I'm the God who saved you. I redeemed you based on nothing that you have done. I have saved you all according to my grace because I love you and I chose you. And, I'm, and you're my treasured possession and I'm going to make you lovely and I'm going to give you a land. It's the gospel. I loved you and I saved you. Now, in light of the gospel, I want you to obey this command. Verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. I want to ask three questions of this command tonight. What, why, and how? What does it mean to obey this command? Why are we called to obey it? And how can we obey it? That's really important. So, what does it mean to bear false witness against your neighbor? What is the aim of the ninth commandment? I got six things here within this. The first is the most obvious is to never give false testimony against anyone. Never give false testimony against anyone. Specifically, it's talking about in the courtroom before a judge. Proverbs twenty-five eighteen says that a man who bears false witness against a neighbor, his neighbor is like a war club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Think with me. What does a war club do if I were to use it against someone here? Yes. You beat someone to death with it. Okay. It it'll it'll bruise you, right? A war club will bruise you. It'll break your bones. What does a sword do? Someone else. Cut It'll cut you. That's right. And what does an arrow do? It It'll pierce you. It you. You shall. What does it say? Bearing false witness against your neighbor. That is against a brother or sister. It's like taking a war club and beating someone, bruising them with your words. It's like taking a sword and cutting them to pieces. It's like an arrow shooting them through the heart. Death. That could actually happen in a court of law. If you were to give witness, a false witness against someone that's being accused of murder, let's just say. And you know that he or she didn't do it. But you tell a lie. You bear false witness. No, they saw them do it. I saw them them do it. No one else was there, but they were on the street. No one was looking, and I saw him beat that girl to death. Let's just say. But he actually didn't. What's going to happen to that man now? The death penalty. He's, you could literally cost someone's life by telling a lie. You could ruin someone's li- life. And if in the courtroom you can't trust anyone, then you don't have a society. You can't uphold the law. There's no justice, right? Think about it. That would be crazy if that were to happen in our country. It would be chaos. It happens in some countries. But God cares about his people and he says, you must not give false testimony against anyone. So it starts there, okay? Tell the truth. That's the point. Tell the truth. Never give a false testimony against anyone. So that applies when... Your parents come up to you and they say, Hey, what happened? Situation broke out with your siblings. What happened? Vase broke. You know, are you going to give a true testimony or a false testimony to get your siblings in trouble? Are you going to tell half truth or the whole truth? Tell the truth. You can destroy someone's reputation and it can cause harm to someone else. That's the first thing. Never gives false testimony against anyone. What else, though, is, is it just talking about a courtroom? It's talking about much more than that. Second, that you don't twist anyone's words. We break the ninth commandment when we twist someone's words. What do I mean by that? Well, we tend to twist people's words or twist our own words when we over-exaggerate the truth to make ourselves sound like the hero of the story. Maybe you're telling a story of something that happened and you want to make yourself sound good and so you, you kind of twist the truth a little bit to make yourself sound good. You over-exaggerate by leaving out information or maybe adding information that isn't necessarily true. Or maybe you misrepresent someone. You know that your friend, what your friend said, but you're going to misrepresent them. You're going to twist their words to turn it against them. That's breaking the ninth commandment. We are never to give false testimony against anyone, and we're to twist no one's words. Exodus 23, one says, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. A malicious witness. Do not spread a false report. Do not twist words. So, never give a false testimony. Don't twist one's word. Three, what is the aim of the ninth commandment? That I do not gossip or slander. Gossip and slander have to be involved with having an orderly society, one that is honoring the Lord. God is truth. We need to image forth Him. God hates gossip and slander. So, what is gossip? and slander. I'll ask you, what is gossip? Someone want to try to give me a definition? I see your hand, Isaiah, but I want to see if someone else will. Yeah, go ahead. Like talking about somebody behind their back and like kind of lying about them Yeah, talking, talking bad about someone behind their back. Sure. Anyone want to add to that definition? Yeah? Spreading rumors or lies about someone. Spreading rumors or lies, Isaiah? Lies? Yep. Yeah. Could you? Would it be considered gossip for throwing, ran out, and cussed at you? That would probably just be swearing. That would just be mean. Yeah. That would probably be slander. Yeah. That's good. It's part of this command. So I think we hit it on the head right here. What is gossip? And this is important. Girls, you need to listen to this. Guys, you need to listen to this too. It's passing on a report or rumor that cannot be substantiated. And it is passing on a true report unnecessarily. So I hear gossip sometimes. We're like, well, it's the truth. Yeah, but was it building up to the other person? Was it promoting them for good? Or were you telling that story to promote yourself, to make yourself look good and make her look bad? That's gossip. Listen to what God has to say about gossip. He says in Proverbs 16, 6 through 9, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, prideful eyes, a lying tongue, and a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord or division among brothers and sisters. So typical gossip among people in our church isn't, in the context of, it usually happens in the context of talking about or discussing or critiquing others. That's usually when gossip happens, when the, that person that you're talking about is not present. You need to be very careful when you're talking about friends, family, anyone who is not present. What are you saying about that person? Is it building up? Is it to promote them? Because you care about them? For the glory of God or is it just unnecessary speak unnecessary words or are you tearing them down God hates gossip I can't put it any other it's not It's. it can't be more clear do you see what she's wearing did you see what she wore to prom the other day, the other day? did you see that hey I have a secret to tell you right did you hear about so and so The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body, Proverbs 18.8. They infect the body. You wouldn't believe this about so-and-so, right? Even if your report is 100% true, if it's not building up the other person, you should not say it at all. This is how it is. And it takes discernment. You know, when you have a family... Husbands and wives are talking, if, I, if I'm talking with my wife about Eden and ways that I want to see her grow in the Lord at one years old or how we need to discipline her, I'm not gossiping about her. There is circumstances when the elders get together or church leaders get together and they're discussing for the good of people of what to do. That's not gossip. Gossip is malicious, talking about someone else to, to prop yourself up and push someone else down. So what is slander then? What is slander? Slander goes one step further than gossip. To slander someone is to deliberately pass on information that is false about someone. You know it's false and you say it anyway. Kevin DeYoung says this, It is assuming the worst possible motives for the other person's intentions and refusing to ever give people the benefit of the doubt. He says this happens all the time. Something happens to us and we just assume she didn't talk to me because she didn't talk to me because she's really mad at me. Or the way he wrote that text, he must be thinking such and such. such." We develop elaborate hypotheses and speculations. And when we tell other people, we pass it along as truth. He uses an example. Oh, man, she is so ticked off at me. How do you know that? Well, she hasn't said that she's mad, but it's just the way that she looked at me. Time out. Are you giving a true witness to your friend or your brother or sister? Is that true? Are you speaking the truth? Or are you guessing? Obeying the ninth commandment means that you do not gossip and you do not slander. Fourth, this is a really important one for today. Obeying the ninth commandment means that I do not join in condemning anyone rashly without a hearing. I do not join in condemning someone without giving them a hearing. What's a hearing? What does it mean to give someone a hearing? I know I, I know more than Isaiah has some of you can answer. What's a hearing? what they said it's getting their side of the story right yeah so when we make judgments and we condemn someone without getting both sides of the story we break the ninth commandment this happens all the time on social media this happens all the time on the news it's a serious problem today with the court of public opinion and cancel culture and and i think some of us fall into this amongst our friends As our country has abandoned the foundation of truth, it has substituted the biblical category of innocent until proven guilty with guilty until proven innocent. Which is biblical? Innocent until proven guilty, right? We assume the best until we get all the facts and we can make a right judgment. This is a biblical... Category, Proverbs 18, 17 says this, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. So you're with your friends and your friend starts going off about someone else. You say, did you know this is what they did to me? They wronged me in this way and they hurt my feelings. They wrote this about me and, and this is what happened. If you join in in condemning that person because you love your friend without hearing the other person's side of the story, you're breaking the ninth commandment. You need all the facts. You need to say, hey, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. You could sympathize and say, hey, can I pray for you right now? I want to find out the truth. The truth is what will set you free, right? So when you hear news or see news or hear gossip and come to conclusions without doing your due diligence to find out the truth, you're breaking this command. So the Black Lives Matter movement, this is just very ironic was founded on false witnesses, people bearing false witness. And guess what? As of today, it is absolutely bankrupt. It went bankrupt. And its founders took all the money. They didn't give it to the victims. They took all the money, the millions of dollars. And Proverbs 19.5 says this. This is so ironic. And so this just shows how true the word of God is. It says, "A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. It will come to ruin." Be careful by not condemning anyone rashly or without a hearing. We need to be Christians, distinctly Christians. We need to hear all sides of the truth, then make a true, uh, then make a judgment based on what we know. That includes in your friendships. We need to be people of grace. People of grace first and mercy. Gather the truth and then make a judgment. Five. What does it mean to obey the ninth commandment? It means that I, everywhere and every place, should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. This is kind of just the catch-all. Little white lies. Right? Right? A little light, white lie to your friends. Flattery. Some of you are really, you're flatterers. You, you go and you give compliments, but you don't really mean it, mean it. Flattery would be telling the girl or the boy who goes out to sing at the talent show at summer camp, saying you have a really great singing voice when you know that they don't. Then they go up there and they embarrass themselves. And people make fun of them because of your flattery really important you could destroy someone's reputation with flattery white lies lies of convenience so you're like i don't want to talk to that person right now so tell them that i'm not home tell them that i'm busy when you're really not right that's called a lie of convenience even the little lies psalm 101 7 says no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house no one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Guys, this is so serious. Lies are so serious. Avoid lies and deceit of every kind. When I was a kid, my parents, uh, whenever I disobeyed, whenever I sinned against them, I would get a spanking. And it was always in a loving... Some, some people are like, that, that doesn't sound right, but I, I promise you it was the most loving thing that they could do for me. But whenever we told a lie, we were we were given a little bit more spanks. And my mom would always tell me why. Because in so doing, when I lie, I'm not being like my father in heaven. I'm being like the father of the devil, who is the father of lies. I'm not living in, light, in line with the truth. Avoid lies and deceit of every kind. It was ingrained in me. Lies will destroy you. It will destroy your life. It will destroy marriages. Every command, every sin against every one of these commands is built on a lie, right? Instead of worshiping God alone, you worship a false God, which is a lie, right? Instead of worshiping the God, that, God in the way that he wants to be, you worship idols instead of engraven images, which are a lie. They can't depict the truth about God. When we take the Lord's name in vain, we're lying about the character of God. When we don't go to church because we think our sports or whatever we do is better and more satisfying, we're living in lies. We don't honor our father and mother. It's because we're believing the lie that we know what is right. When we commit murder, it's because we've been, our souls have been soaked in lies and hatred. When we commit adultery, we deceive. We live in the lie. When we steal, it's because we believe the lie that what they have is better than what God has given me. And that God won't provide for me. Every single sin is built on unbelief, on lies. So sixth, the sixth thing is we obey the ninth commandment by we should basically love the truth, speak the truth, and acknowledge the truth. Love the truth, speak the truth, and acknowledge the truth. Just love the truth. And so what is the truth? Is there such thing as multiple truths? See, I'm sure you'll run into this. Well, that's your truth, man my truth but what if my truth says that your truth is a lie how do we know it's true or not so what is the source how can we know true truth so that we can love it and speak the truth and acknowledge it well i'll tell you this we don't know the truth through our feelings your feelings lie to you every single day Feelings are good only when they align with what is true. Right? God is glorious. And and then you come to believe that. And he's so loving. And then you have feelings for God because you love him. Well, that's feelings in line with the truth. But truth is not found in our feelings. That's a problem today. That is why people are mutilating their body right now people your age, to become something that they're not. They believe the lie. And their parents are promoting it. We're Christians. We must stand on the truth. It doesn't come through our feelings. Feelings are good when they align with the truth. Truth doesn't come through just our reason alone. Right? So, like, we don't believe in the Bible or anything. We can come to truth without God. You could come to believe true things, but ultimately your reason will leave you short. But Jesus in the Bible says you can know truth by it, by revelation, by God revealing it to you, showing you. Jesus says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. God has given us the truth in his word. Praise God for that. In short, God says that he is the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And truth is that which corresponds to reality. Therefore, Ephesians 4.25, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we want to love the truth. We want to promote the truth. And we want to guard the truth And advance our neighbor's good name. That's number seven. Just really short. The point is this. God has given us our words to do two things. To promote God. To glorify him. And then to build up one another. To love people with our words. And sometimes loving someone means rebuking them. It means confronting them. It means calling out false teaching. Okay? Some people will say, that's mean, that's not loving. No, that is loving. That is is loving. Because it's for the sake of restoration. It's for the sake of the truth. We need to defend the truth. So that's the what. It's the longest point. Why? Why should we obey? Why should we obey? Because God, believer, our God is truth. Numbers 23, 319. God is not a man that he should lie. And therefore, because God does not lie, his creatures, we are called not to lie. But sadly, right, in the Garden of Eden, you and I, like Adam, have chosen to believe lies instead of truth. Psalm 116.11 says, all people are liars. We know we should tell the truth because you hate it when someone has lied to you. Has anyone been lied to before? Really hurt by a lie, by gossip, by slander? I have. I hate it. You hate it. That's sin. That's the effects of sin. We've all experienced that. And the Bible is clear that each and every one of us, we have fallen short of the glory of God. Instead of looking like him, instead of copying God in the truth, loving the truth, promoting the truth, guarding the truth, knowing the truth about God, speaking the truth, we instead, our hearts look more like the devil, who is the father of lies, And until your eyes are opened by God, you will never see God and you will never see or know the truth. You'll never come to love the truth and hate lies. And that's the bad news for each and every one of us tonight, is that we've broken God's law. We have broken this command, have we not? Proverbs 19.5 says this, a false witness will not go unpunished. This is the bad news, guys. The result of our sin. Revelation 21, 8 says this: But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. How can we escape the justice and wrath of God for our sin? That's the question. That's the bad news. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is this. That God in his love and mercy has made a way for our sinful hearts and our eyes to be open to the truth. He doesn't leave us in the dark. He had a plan to save us from our sin. The sin of our lives. Lies that we love by sending the truth down to earth to live among us that is Jesus Christ who says this to each and every one of you this is so important Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me and John 8:11 if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you what free, free. do you want to be free from living in lies You want to be free from from your sin of telling lies and deception. You need to confess your sins. Say, God, I confess them to you. I'm sorry. You need to go to the people that you've been lying against, that you've been deceiving. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for help. And then look to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And start living in the truth. How do you live in the truth? By believing in the truth. Jesus Christ. You must believe in him. You must repent and turn from your sin. And so how does Jesus set us free from our sin of lying? This is key. You're going to love this. By living a perfect life, always knowing, loving, guarding, and speaking the truth. Did not Jesus do that perfectly? But then not only that, in love, and for the joy set before him, he did a wonderful thing for each and every one of you. 1 Peter 2.22 says this, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled and slandered and gossiped about and mocked, he did not revile, slander, gossip, or mock in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten He did not curse, but he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. What did Jesus do for each and every one of you? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Why? That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, believing lies, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Will you believe in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life? He was falsely accused. And that false accusation accusation put him on the cross. But it was all according to God's plan. He was condemned on the cross in our place. It was our slander, our words, your gossip, your white lies, your reviling that put Jesus on the cross. But he did it for you so that you can be freed from your sin. And because of his great love and mercy, in light of that, now when you hear the words, thou shalt not bear false witness. How can you not want to obey that? He spoke words of life to you. You must speak words of life to others. How, how though? How? I, don't, I don't have the strength. Last thing, the shortest, but most important. How? If God is truth, how is it that we can know the truth and obey the truth? Sweetest news. God the Father is truth. He sends his Son, the truth, Jesus Christ. And the Father and the Son send the Spirit of truth. John sixteen thirteen. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. God the Father and the Son are so loving. They want you to know and experience the truth that they send the Holy Spirit to indwell inside of you. So that you have the truth in you and the power now in the Holy Spirit to speak the truth, to know the truth, to love the truth, to guard the truth, to speak the truth for God's glory. That's the good news. Repent of your sin. Look to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He will set you free. Free, not to tell lies, but free to live and tell the truth. Father God, thank you so much for this passage. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We love you, we worship you tonight. Be with these students as they go to life groups. In Jesus' name, amen.